the first time that I tried ChatGPT, it was like, all right, this is pretty much like Google, but it outputs, it does the search, it aggregates the data, and it proposes a solution. So basically, it does whatever I'm doing. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the third season of Hackcast. Hello, it's, hello. It's me, Ivo, and of course, Rado here. Yep. And today we are going to talk about how will AI change the way we build software. Yes. But before we start, we have a goal reaching 1,000 subscribers in YouTube. So if you like the content we produce, please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Yeah, and once we get there to 1,000 subscribers, we will give something to someone from those 1,000 subscribers. But we need to get there first, so please like, subscribe, comment, and share, because we are producing good stuff, and we hope you like it. Yeah. And this is episode three, season three, and we're going to talk about AI. Are you ready for yet another existential crisis? Yes, I am. I've, I've been in existential I've been in such crisis for, for the last couple of months, I guess. Yes, from ever, ever since ChatGPT came out. Yeah, from time to time, just digging deeper, understanding some, some things, being in a crisis, and then plugging out for, for a week and then entering again. It is on and on, nonstop. Yeah, I, I can agree. It's the same thing with me. Uh, it's like you kind of get into an existential crisis thinking, oh, we will just go extinct, like uh, the AI overlords will take over, not just our jobs as software developers, but everything, everything, yeah. <laughs> and then you kind of realize it's this is not exactly the case and we are not there yet, but you're not, you're not still sure if we are going to get there or not mm -hmm. in the next five to ten years. Then something new comes out again you go into existential crisis thinking about, all right, we will just lose our jobs. Then again, this is not exactly the case. So let's dig deeper and explore the current situation of AI because a lot of things came out. A lot of things basically changed. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Copilot, which was uh, there for quite some time, but now it's, it's, it gets better. And we have ChatGPT. Uh, version 3.5 and most recently version 4. Version 4, yeah. Yeah. And we're still early. There are still <laughs> things that need to uh, be released from other big players. But again, with the release of ChatGPT, I think everything actually changed. And why? Because you can ask it something and then it can produce code. Yes. And it can produce correct code. Most of the times. Yeah. So, will we go extinct? Not yet. Not yet. Probably not Not ever, but I don't know. Yeah. Let's Is programming that? Still not. All right. Probably it will be at some point. Pro yeah, probably not. So. Probably not. I don't know. Um, do, you, do you use the chat GTP on, on a daily basis now? Yeah, I use it ever since it came out. Uh, it has been um, like a good productivity boost whenever it can actually solve the problems that I have. Uh, but yeah, just to just to uh, reiterate, uh, up to, to this date, uh, I still think we will not go extinct. And I actually think there's going to be more job for software engineers and developers like us and what we do. Uh, I think programming is pretty much dead and it will die with the years to come, which is really sad because it helps you get to software development. But then software development, I think it's not dead, but I think it's going to have a certain renaissance where uh, we will be enabled to build more things uh, in, in 
basically in a faster way. And let's start with this. I think it's really important to why I ask myself, why am I going into an existential crisis? Because the first time that I tried ChatGPT, it was like, all right, this is pretty much like Google, but it outputs, it does the search, it aggregates the data, and it proposes a solution. So basically, it does whatever I'm doing uh, whenever I have uh, a problem that I Google something, then I, I look around certain pages, I, I look around Stack Overflow, I aggregate the data, and I... Um, I come with a solution. Mm -hmm. So basically for me, ChatGPT was doing this like much faster, but it was doing all of this. Coming up, uh, coming out with a correct code solution for a specific code problem. Okay. And then I asked myself, okay, why am I uh, feeling this existential crisis right now? Because this is good at programming, but we are doing software development. All right. And I remember something that I'm t uh, I'm telling everyone who applies for internship or junior positions that there is a certain distinguish between programming, having the ability to program, which is to express yourself with code, to think with code, to reason with code in order to solve a problem, and software development. And if you're very good at programming, this does not mean you're good at software developing, development, and you're yet to learn it. Yes. And software development for me is craftsmanship. It's communication. It's product development. It's figuring out requirements and needs. It's figuring out priorities. It's coming up with ideas and strategies that basically have never existed in this particular form before. Testing. Testing, uh, releasing supporting a running system with a specific context, understanding domain, yeah. uh, mapping the domain to the software. And all, all, all of this is basically what we do, and we discussed this in the previous, I think in the first episode and also in the second episode of third season. And all of this is software development and this is craftsmanship. And what I realized is that this particular kind of craftsmanship requires a human to lead the process. You need human leadership in order for a particular software to be developed and built and shipped. Mm -hmm. And this is not something that uh, ChatGPT is going to do. I can agree with this. I can definitely agree that at the moment, ChatGTP is good for generating small pieces of code yep. that for now, work most of the time. Uh, so how, how do you use it? Let, let's start okay. with what's, what is it good for? Okay. I have tested it a lot, just, right. just, just to see what, what it's capable of. So for example, we have a good backlog full of smaller tasks, programming tasks that we give on interviews. Uh, they are not like really popular. You can, yeah. you, can rarely you can barely find their answers on the internet. Most, most of them are something that we, we, we come up here in the office. Yeah. Uh, and ChatGTP is solving those problems that are not hard in any way. They are just beginner-friendly programming yeah. problems. And it generates the code on any language you, you, you ask for. Yes. And it describes what was done and why it was done in such a way. Yes. Which I was mind-blown at the beginning yes. by this. Because it generates things that are not on the internet. You, you cannot find this uh, snippets of code on the yeah. internet. Yeah, it can solve particular problems. Yeah, mm -hmm. with code, mm -hmm. which is kind of thinking. The 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 AI for me is 
doing some thinking work in order to figure out the answer. It's not searching on the internet. Yeah. It's not um, using Stack Overflow or something. It's just based on the knowledge for the given programming language and all the data that it has. It figures out the answer. Yeah. Most of the time, the answer is correct. The, the, the bot is extremely likely to agree that the answer is not right. I've been in many situations receiving right. an answer and saying, hey, this is not true. And the bot is like, oh, yeah, this is not true. Here is another. <laughs> Here is another um, yeah. snippet, which is, you know, it is still not perfect. Not at all. Even for basic tasks, sometimes the output is totally wrong. Yeah. Uh, I'm using it for, for example, if I want to make something small on language that I'm not really good at. For example, if I want to write a bash script and All I right. haven't been writing bash or regular expressions or something like that for a long time, I'm using the bot to help me start and then I finish the work. All right. Which is, again, a huge boost on my productivity, on my day-to-day -day work. Even at this early stage, it's safe to say it's kind of beta. It's like released a couple yeah. of months ago. It is really, really new product and it's already in my workflow on a day-to-day -day basis. All right. Which is, which, which is huge. I, I can't remember any other product being so uh, good at, at the beginning, right? We, m most of the other tools we're using are there for, for decades. Yeah, I think we're, because we're so used to Googling stuff, mm -hmm. because this is how we learn to program and how yeah. we learn to build software, and this is like a better new ver version of, of Googling stuff. Yes. Like it's not an iteration, but a brand new generation of uh, I have a question, can you give me an answer? And I agree. The, the first thing that it's really good is uh, producing code and it's producing code in whatever language you like, mm -hmm. which is uh, powerful because I, I'm also using it uh, to generate bus scripts. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I kind of don't trust it. Me too. But I like to use it in order to generate the like the scaffolding, mm -hmm. and if it's if it works uh, right away, then great. But usually, I just grab the output and then continue iterating on it mm -hmm. by myself in order to get uh, to get the, the the thing that I want to do. And if the output is really wrong, then I go back and I say, all right, this is not exactly what what I meant so let me try to describe it again so give me a better better output mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I kind of don't trust that the output and I really don't want the output to be correct straight away because if the output is correct straight away and I just copy paste it and run it then I'm doing no thinking that's true and I guess it's mainly because you're not uh, confident and the output is correct if you if, if, if the output is correct like 99% of the time I guess I'll be happy with the bash script that it generates. I will test it, of course, to see if, if, if it works. Yeah. But if if it constantly produces right answers, uh, I'm not really keen on digging into every like line and understanding fully how, how it okay. works. Another pretty good use case that I found is doing researches. Okay, yeah. Because writing code, I can do this easy. I mean, but... It's not the... Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's easy for me, at least for basic stuff. Because yeah. ChatGTP has no chance of uh, describing a hard problem to solve and figure out a good answer mm. for now. Uh, when it comes to easy, easy um, sm smaller, easier chunks of code, I can write them anyway. So I don't feel, feel, feel the benefit yeah. that much. What I think it's really useful for and saves me like days of work is doing a research. Okay. For example, if I want to uh, research what is going to be the best service for storing big files on AWS and something, let's yeah. say, uh, and I Google it, I come to like 
six or seven articles that are wonk articles with tutorials yeah. and stuff that I need to read, figure out the big picture, and then try to take micro decisions on how exactly we are going to, to yeah. build the current thing. But with ChatGTP, you can just ask questions and it gives you mostly correct answers based on all of this information because it's already there. And it saves me yeah. a ton of time navigating me to the right things I need to read, uh, right things I need to understand. For example, when I when I don't know which AWS service to use, there are All plenty right. of services. I just describe my problem and it, the answer is most likely, yeah, check this service, this service or that service. They Both of them can uh, solve, solve the problem in different ways. And, yeah. and I'm done. I, I know which services to use. I just need to read their documentation, understand how to use them and start using them, yeah. which is saves me a lot of time doing research. Okay, I think it's it's GPT, by the way. Otherwise, you're making Teddy's life uh, of editing after this a hell because she's going to replay GTP with GPT every time you say. Sorry it. about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chat uh, GPT. Yeah. So for me, the first thing that it's really good at it's producing some kind of correct answer that's like uh, in code. Mm -hmm. And the second thing, as you mentioned, is uh, starting a research with Chat GPT and then carrying over Google. So if you start the research, you can ask questions and uh, it basically summarizes the information that it has, Yes, which most of the times is good enough to point you in the right direction and then you can start Googling. And uh, you can even take it one step further. For example, if you're uh, exploring certain AWS services and you just want to like get a feeling of how you're going to use it and what, what are the capabilities, you can then ask, all right, so uh, can you produce me a Python example for how to do X with this particular AWS service and it's going to produce you the example, which is great because you will then see most probably uh, what's the official SDK or library and what, and you're going to see some kind of a code snippet to orient yourself uh, about what you need to do, which is mm -hmm. extremely powerful. And then you can take this and go to the documentation and start reading the documentation, having better understanding about the thing that you are reading. So I agree, I'm mostly using it for research mm -hmm. and then for writing uh, SQL queries and uh, bash scripts because you can, ex using natural language, you can get something that's not as pleasant to write as, for example, True. bash scripts. Yeah, yeah. So we can both yeah. agree that it is great for starting your work and you just need to, to finish it. Yes. Both in terms of code, uh, writing text, writing, uh, uh, doing, doing some research, but yes. you need to finish the work for now. You need to finish the work, I think, for, for you always need to finish the work because you are, input, you, you are inputting in a natural language something and it's outputting the code. And then usually you need to take this code and integrate it somewhere because all of the examples that I've seen so far are let's start something new, let's bootstrap something new, mm -hmm. which is great. But most of the times you're not starting or bootstrapping something new. You want to get some piece of code and then adapt it for your particular need. That's true. So, so for me, it still feels like what we can do with Google and Stack Overflow and blocks and knowledge on the internet. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's doing it in a smarter and faster way. It can summarize. This yeah. is something that Google, not yet, uh, cannot do. So... Those two things are extremely powerful. They're new, like new tools. They're powerful tools, and we're using it. But then again, if you try to use this for an area that you have no knowledge whatsoever, okay. for example, you haven't touched programming language before, All right. and you try to build a website, mm -hmm. 
I'm pretty sure you you will get somewhere, but it won't be the the final product that you want to have. Let's say you put someone who wants to have a website in front of. I think this is, and there are going to be tests like this. But can you actually achieve this without prior knowledge? And if the answer is well, you can achieve it, but you need to gain the prior knowledge while exploring, then it's going to it's going to enable more people. But but I think if you don't have the prior knowledge of what you're asking for it's going to be really, really hard for you to judge if the answer is what you are looking for, even if the answer is not correct, because you can spot that the answer is correct or the answer is semi-correct or the answer is not correct. And this is because you have the prior experience. If you don't have this, you just have to trust it if the answer is there. And if the answer is not correct, then what do you do? Ask again. <laughs> Call for another answer. Well, I would say that Let's say if you want to build a website and you have the designs, I'm pretty sure that probably at, at the moment now, but in the near future, there is going to be some way of uploading your designs and yep. receiving uh, HTML, CSS files that represent these designs and it's responsive and it, yeah. it is good. It's not going to be perfect, of course. There are going to be bugs, different browsers, different stuff that um, are creating problems, but it is going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. And if I'm, let's say, a business owner, I'm pretty good with this. I don't want a lot of changes. I just want to have something that looks like the, the designs I have without paying someone to um, swice and dice those designs and actually implement them in some, in, in some platform. But all right, so you get, you get the files and then what, what do you do with them? You need to know what to do with them. You can, you, you can ask hey, how, how to deploy those files and probably right, it's yeah. going to give you an answer. This can be done in some, such kind of no-code, low-code system yeah, where, yeah, where you can. get the files, copy them to the servers and it just, it just works. So for really basic, basic yeah. tasks like implementing a marketing website on just, just based on designs, it can do the trick. So if you're a person that just uh, writes HTML and CSS based on designs and is not involved in any way in the communication with the client, yeah. in uh, managing the project, managing the expectation, you know, everything that is software development related, you are not going to be in a great situation, I guess. Soon. Again, this is for the initial, for the initial version. Like of the website, yeah. And okay. then what happens when you want to make changes? What happens when you want to integrate this website with? So you're going to be again. You will either need to rely on someone who's going to carry out those tasks and knows what's going on, and, and basically is going to be involved in software development, or you're going to be locked in a platform that can do this for you, but only whatever the platform can do it. This is right now for me. This is the biggest problem with no code, low code platforms because you can only do what the platform allows you to do. You're locked, yeah. Yeah, you're locked, and I think this is again going to be the case with. Most of the no-code, low-code platforms are going to leverage the large language models like mm -hmm. uh, ChatGPT, and they're going to integrate some kind of natural language inputs from the user so they can get and build their website and have like a quick visual feedback. But again, you're still staying within this platform, which is great. It will enable more people, as right now no-code, low-code platforms are enabling people to build stuff. Yeah. But whenever you need to make something that's out of the ordinary or outside of what whatever the platform's uh, supporting, you still need human to get in there, figure out what's going on, and to initiate the software development process. And I think that we are still going to like be there. And we might use 
other tools integrated with large language models because in the future it's not going to be only ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. We are still to we are yet to see uh, the other big players uh, release something. Of course, yeah. And we, I imagine a future where you're going to give your pro project documentation, project code base to the large language model and start asking questions. Can you build this feature? And it will be producing most of the code, but you will still have to go in there, fiddle around with the code, perhaps uh, pull it in the right abstraction that you want it to be, test it, deploy it, and manage the entire process. So again, for me, software development needs a human leadership, and you cannot eliminate this human leadership because Finally, if you have Figma designs, if you have requirements, you need someone to get the job done. Even if it's all right, this is this has been produced by by an AI. What do, what do we do now? And there are going to be platforms that will do it for you, but you will be limited by the platforms. And if you want to continue building and getting user feedback and growing your system, mm -hmm. you will need humans to run the software development process. Those humans will most probably use AI tools, but it won't be. All software developers and engineers are now obsolete because AI can do it. Because the same argument can be said for no-code, low-code platforms. Mm -hmm. The same argument can be said for like the knowledge is there; it's in Google. Yeah, I can agree. Is it is it safe to say that you think that the AI is going to help the software engineers be be faster, better, and be more productive? Yeah, most probably the actual coding work is going to yeah. take significantly less of our time yes. because the AI is going to just print the code way faster than we type it yes. and, and we think for it. And But we still need to know the language, the the, the, the programming itself yes. and be good software developers to, to, to get this output, understand it and yes. at least check if it's working correctly. Yes, that that and that's that's like the interesting part for me because it will produce the code for you, but if there is no one who can say that this is the right thing and if it's not the right thing then who's going to fix it if the AI is not is not producing the right thing and no matter how you ask it it's not producing the right thing you still need humans to go in there that know what they're doing and carry out the software development. So you still need to learn how to program because this helps you learn how to reason and think you still need to learn how to do software development because this will not be automated mm -hmm. you still need human leadership here mm -hmm. and we will just be using tools that will generate things for us but we need to be able to make the final decision and we need to be able to do the thinking and for me like the worst case scenario is where we all uh, get in a state of learned helplessness yeah. where the AI just generates something and we just don't know what to do with it. It's <laughs> like it's like whenever you're reading a tutorial or something brand new, you copy-paste from the tutorial and things are running. But you still don't know exactly what's happening and you still don't have the mental model of abstractions and communications between the things that you are using. And if you don't have this mental model, you cannot make steps further because you just copy-paste code and it's working, but what's actually happening? You need to learn it. You need to understand it so you can reason with it and you can uh, build on top of it. And that's, I think that's, that's extremely important. And this will not be 
replaced by AI. I can agree. So the AI is not replacing us. It is helping us. It's definitely changing the way we work yeah. and the productivity level we have. I guess it's safe to say that in the future, dev teams are going to be smaller because they're just going to be way more productive in terms of now we don't need like seven people to write the actual code and spend all this time testing and so on. You need yeah. a little bit less people interacting with the AI, again, knowing what they do, but just don't spend the actual time programming. Uh, we'll see. I will. I think there's, we will not observe that drastic of reduction. Mm -hmm. Because you still need, because even right now, coding, yeah, it takes time, but it's not the most important thing that we do. And we, we've gotten pretty good at coding, and we are coding pretty fast. We are reusing things. We are copy-pasting from internet, adapting uh, ready-to-use libraries, using uh, ChatGPT and, and Copilot for this. Mm -hmm. And still, you need humans in order to uh, push the process forward, because even if you code faster, you will not switch context faster. That's true. That's true. And you need humans to take care of different contexts, different contexts, I looked the plural of context. Okay. Uh, so if you have a software that has five very specific features and those features are communicating between each other, you will most probably need at least five people, one per specific feature that will know the context well enough, but also be able to communicate with the rest of the team. So uh, I, I think there's not going to be a drastic change in numbers uh, but rather certain types of development is going to uh, get pretty fast and it's going to get pretty cheap, like website building, like app building. Most probably front-end, the front-end world will uh, feel it first mm -hmm. because you're going to have, basically you're going to have Figma and Button, give me React, go. Mm -hmm. uh, I expect this in like this year even. Well, most probably. And again, what what the output is going to be? Uh, React repo full, full of code that you you're going to say, all right, Figma, uh, with this UI, please can you output an application that's using React with Material and Tailwind and yada yada yada. And okay. it's going to do it. And again, you 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 get a repo full of full of code, and yes. you need to maintain it, uh, yes. upgrade it, support it. That's yes. if the code is good enough, that's probably fine. But again it is going to be a lot of work adapting the output yes. to what exactly needs to yes. be going on. And this is only the initial part. Once you get into, all right, let's start making iterations and let's start making changes and let's start adapting things, you still need to express in like almost like a programming language. You will be expressing in a natural language, but it's going yes. to be pretty close to a programming language. And you still need to consider the state and you still need to consider the context. Mm -hmm. And it's basically going to be something that resembles Python. <laughs> At the end. You will be writing in a natural language that resembles, you, you want to eliminate ambiguity and you want to eliminate like uh, like context. You don't want the AI to be like making suggestions or hallucinating uh, based on, uh, on, on a broader context. Mm -hmm. And once you start doing this, you end up with a programming language. And that's that's the, exactly the argument for for visual programming and no code and low code uh, platforms. If you, for example, have a bigger project that's in a no code or local platform, 
and you have like zoom zoomed out screen of things connected with uh, like ifs and the control flow is like visual. Mm -hmm. And if your control flow are, it consists of 15 boxes is great, but if it consists of uh, 500 boxes, then you can no longer navigate there. And you will still end up with basically text, which is basically programming language. And we will get back to square one, I think. But 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 less structured. I mean, ex explaining like complex uh, things uh, with with normal language is, I guess, harder than just writing the code down. And then you need to know what what was the difference between those three changes. So you're going to have diffs on a natural <laughs> language. Okay, so you need source control system. Yeah. <laughs> and you start programming with natural language. We, we will basically start programming with natural language, but it's not going to be the natural language that we're using right now. Mm -hmm. Again, it's going to feel like a programming language. And we are back to basics, writing yeah. programming language. So, uh, yeah, and I think that that's, that's about the things to consider. Right now, it's really good. We're using it. It's going to enable a lot of things that we cannot, we, like, there are going to be new types of applications. Mm -hmm. Like, right now, it's... The thing that is getting popular is you have like a database of some kind of text. You feed it to uh, um, a large language model. Yeah. Like there, there are vector databases uh, involved, <laughs> but uh, to simplify it, you feed the text to a large language model like ChatGPT, yeah. and you start asking questions uh, around the data and the text that you have. And I think those types of applications were pretty hard to build before. And in the next couple of years, they're going to be pretty standard. And I, I believe that we're going to build such applications or integrate such features for our clients. But then again, we need to, to know what we're doing and we, there is software development involved. So it's just going to enable more different types of applications that were really hard to build before that. Just like crypto, it enabled different types of applications that were really hard to build before. Exactly. Yeah, and it's going to, it's going to be the same with with the large language models that are right now on the rise. And something that, that I was thinking today is going to be really hard for the developers that are working in companies that do not value them much mm -hmm. because right now there is going to be an extreme pressure on them to develop and ship faster because there's AI now. What are you? Why are you taking so long? So this is something that uh, I was thinking today. And yeah, I want to sympathize with all developers. All right. Is there anything? What's the time, Teddy? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Is there anything or should we wrap? We covered a lot of things. I think we are basically on the same point. And to summarize, I don't think we are losing our job soon. Yes. Uh, and for sure, we need to be aware of what is, what is new out there and how we can use it yes. in order to improve our productivity, of course, and how we can integrate these tools in the software that we that we build right now. Yes. And uh, so we need to look into Copilot and ChatGPT and start using it. We are already doing already this doing it, yeah. because it is a productivity boost. We need to look at what kind of tools and products we can build now with the existence of large language models and tool chains around them. Uh, and it's important to remember that we are doing software development, which involves a lot of things, and it's not only coding, and involves and involves a lot of communication and involves a lot of leadership, which is still a human trait and a human skill. Mm -hmm. And that's why whenever I get the existential crisis, 
then I remember, all right, but we're we're helping with product, we're helping with business, and even if coding dies, they will, the clients will still still need us for everything else that we do. And that's 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 the value that we provide. Yes. So for smaller projects, for sure, they can go without us at some point. Oh yeah. But for bigger things that are serious and they are. Uh, you know, big, bigger software mm, projects? Still, it's for some projects, for sure, but there's WordPress and people are still building custom websites. Yes. So it's the same thing. It's, go it's basically going to be the same thing. And since this is this is brand new and we're right now, for sure, uh, thinking in a certain way, mm -hmm. we will come back to this topic at least once per season. Let's, All right. Let's put it this way. That's nice. So we can just evaluate our feelings and evaluate how things are going and uh, i think this is a good start for ai we are still here we are still staying software development is human requires human leadership and uh, i think we as software developers are going to be uh like we will benefit the most from those ai tools i can agree all right that's it and do you know what we forgot to tell the people to like and subscribe because we have a goal of 1,000 developers. 1,000 developers, 1,000... subscribers, not developers, <laughs> subscribers. Developers, 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 <laughs> 1, subscribers, developers subscribers, 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 a lot of developers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Like, subscribe, and see you again in the next episode. Bye-bye.